You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. I am Martina Cunha, and you're listening to Backstage Talk. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Backstage Talk. Today's guest is a Boricua Italian New York-based actor and singer with a passion for telling stories about men who find strength in their vulnerability and stories that elevate the Latine and LGBTQ plus experience beyond the boundaries that typically exist within our industry and our world. I have here with me founder and executive director of the Latine Musical Theater Lab, Ryan Morales-Green. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. I'm excited too. So what did I miss on your bio? Because I know that I just said some short thing, but tell us who is Ryan Morales? Yeah. So um, I, as you said, I'm a Bariqua Italian uh, actor originally. I started uh, with my BFA at a conservatory like you do. And then from there, I spent like almost a decade just performing here in the city. Uh, I come from Virginia, so suburbs of D.C., kind of rural, kind of liberal, kind of not all at the same time. Uh, I would say like grew up in the day and age where things were like this faux post-racial sort of America. Like mm -hmm. we don't see color. We don't see race. But that was actually it actually meant that growing up, we didn't talk about those kinds of things. And so yeah. becoming an actor, coming into um you know, New York City, which has a very different relationship to race than like that sort of sort of like semi-liberal bubble. Um, I, I learned a lot. I, I, I have been able to uh, experience a lot while also working in the theater industry, right? Um, something I say a lot is that uh, sometimes you don't experience more racism anywhere than in theater, right? In being yeah. an actor, you're, who you are as a person is like very racialized. So... Um, I've gotten to identify a lot more with my my Puerto Rican roots as as a performer, as an activist uh, here and now. Uh, I'm let's see outside of all of the the arts and stuff, right? I run the Latin Musical Theater Lab. We uh, we develop and advocate for specifically Latin written musicals with the goal of being huge advocates in the industry, uh, really increasing the volume and quality of the work that's being done by Latin writers, uh, and then. Let's see. What else? Outside of that, I'm uh, an avid martial artist. Uh, still love singing. Uh, I love video games. I'm kind of a nerd. So, uh, I don't know. As you should. I mean. Yeah. 
That is amazing. So why musical theater and why this, why joining like this dream of being on Broadway? You know, I thought I was going to be an aerospace engineer for a long time. Yeah, Honestly? no, I, I was, I'm a math head. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> crazy. My parents are still upset about it. Uh, but for me, I came to New York for the first time and saw my first couple of Broadway shows. And I'd been doing theater and loved singing and loved all of that uh, as a kid, but I never thought of it as a career. And so when I was first in New York seeing these shows, I just fell in love. I fell in love with the city. I was like, I could live here. I could be here. And I'll say 10 years later, I was totally right. I was spot on (laughs) first intuition. But there's something beautiful about the way a musical comes together to both entertain and inspire and also challenge people. Um, I think it's an incredibly tricky art form. We see how many shows are out there that don't quite hit. And there's something beautiful about how specific and crystal clear something needs to be, a musical needs to be, in order to really speak to an audience in a huge way. And so when I see a show that just really lands for me, nothing inspires me more. And I think we as humans are really attracted to those kinds of things, right? Something that doesn't appear to have much challenge isn't all that entertaining to watch. Um, We love watching like figure skating, for instance, like the immense skill it takes to hit the triple axle or to land on that tiny little blade on the ice. That's like what musical theater feels like for me, because we know how difficult it is to marry all these different elements create this concise, beautiful form that that speaks to the audience while still entertaining them. Um, there's always like, I feel like especially in Broadway, right? There's this balance between something commercial, something familiar and something new, innovative and challenging. And so I find that it's just an art form that I have the most respect for and, and fills me with the most passion out of any other art form that, it, that there is out there. I love that. And you mentioned that you started going to the theater and performing very young, but what was your aha moment? In terms of? Of deciding to be in the industry. It was when I was in New York. I uh, I saw my first couple of Broadway shows and I was on a class field trip, a class theater trip. And I was like, yo, I want to do this. I was like a junior in high school too. So all of a sudden I was changing up with my parents what I was going to be doing and potentially studying. Uh, that took some adjusting. But it was it was being in the room. You know, it's something else I say that like, there's such a difference of being in the room. Like that's what's so special about theater is being able to really sit there in the room and experience. It's an energy, it's, it's a vibe. And w- which shows did you see that time? Do you remember? What, uh, what's hilarious is it had, I really don't think it had anything to do with the shows I saw, right? I think some people have like, oh, I saw Phantom. Oh, I saw Wicked yeah. and that inspired me. I can, I'm not really sure what the shows were because I saw I've seen so many things, but I maintain it has it had nothing to do with the specific shows. It had everything to do with the experience. It was just about the craft, not yeah. the story, literally. <laughs> yeah. So, how has your heritage impacted or influenced your artistry? You also mentioned that um, being an actor has made you go deeper into your Puerto Rican roots. So, how has that heritage influenced you? You know, it all comes back to my mom. Uh, she's my Puerto Rican side. Uh, she is first generation. Her family is from the island. Some of her brothers and sisters are actually born on the island. She was born in the in the Bronx, Bronx Hospital, uh, but then actually spent most of her life very detached from her heritage. Um, you know, it, it was the day and age where you didn't really learn Spanish because you didn't want to be Puerto Rican or Spanish, you wanted to be American. 
And then she spent most of her adult life as a single mother, first raising my brother, then raising me. And she was able to really hide in her, her whiteness in a lot of ways. And that came from survival. That came from, she was an accountant. She was in the CPA world. Like she was working in that kind of industry where your heritage would potentially hold you back. So she mm. wouldn't tell people what her background was. They'd ask her all the time and say, hey, you know, what? Are, where are you from? And she'd be like, I'm from Connecticut or I'm from New York. And, and intentionally avoid those kinds of conversations because she was super aware that if it was hard enough for her to be a woman mm. in that industry, but to be a woman of color in that industry. And so, you know, growing up, we didn't have that connection. We didn't have that connection to our extended family either. Uh, we actually did a lot of research growing up to really find out what our roots were. I didn't have language, like appropriate language for my heritage until I was a teenager. And so it's been a lot of healing, actually, um, engaging with the art and, um, and especially engaging with the community around me. I felt a lot of imposter syndrome. I felt a lot of I don't belong here because I didn't grow up the way that you're supposed to grow up as a Latino. And, and it's been really healing because I felt really accepted for the most part. I felt like, in, in, like emboldened. I felt engaged to, to be a part of this community. It hasn't, I haven't felt get kept from it by my own people. If anything, the, it's the people outside that want to tell you what you are and aren't. Um, I can't tell you the number of times I've, I've said, oh yeah, I'm Puerto Rican and someone's gone. No, you're not. You don't look Puerto Rican to me. Uh, you look X, Y, Z. I think you're this. Like people will label, people will create any sort of distance, I think too, to separate what Latinidad is and how it's this beautiful shared experience that's also extremely varied and nuanced mm -hmm. and detailed for every single individual. And so that deepening of an understanding of what it is to be Latin and what Latinidad is has grown, and it's grown immensely, especially in the past two years since I've worked in the space and started the lab. And... Um, it, it really does all come back to how healing this has been for my, and especially my mother's relationship to a culture that we sort of lost in many ways in the same reasons that like people were conquered, right? This all comes from the conquistadors. This all comes from white supremacist culture. This all comes from wanting to dilute and divide. And so what I feel like I have found has been real community and real acceptance and acceptance within the imperfection and the imperfect language and the imperfect relationship and feeling like I don't have to fix or become this perfect version of a Latin person mm -hmm. in order to own my Latinidad. Yeah, absolutely. And what a beautiful journey. What a beautiful story. Thank you for being so candid and open about it. Um, now that you mentioned that the lab has helped you heal this relationship, um, Tell us more about the, the Latine Musical Theater Lab. What is it? What are you doing right now? What, what, yeah, what are you guys doing? Yeah, so I'll start with the origin story, since that's always fun. <laughs> uh, I, I am still an actor, and we got out of the pandemic, and I had done some producing work, some activism work, and I'd found it wholly unsatisfying in some ways and really exciting in others. And so uh, I wasn't sure what to do with that like impulse to create on behalf of others. And uh, after the pandemic was sort of closing out, end of 2021, I was working a couple of acting contracts and I found myself bored. And so I uh, was talking with a mentor and was saying, I just really want to work on more new musicals. And I really want to get to know like other Latin folks making new musicals. Because I realized even though at that point I've been in the city, 
New York City for nine years, I didn't know many, if any, Latin theater composers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so I started on a journey to meet folks. I reached out to like all my network and was able to, within a couple of weeks, gather a list of over 50 different writers. And I just started taking phone calls or messaging them on Facebook or wherever I could get to be like, hey, chat with me. Like, what's your experience like? Uh, and why don't I know you? <laughs> like, what is the barrier? Why is your work not out there at the level that that we all wish it was? Yeah. And the, re- you, you know, the responses I got were pretty candid of like, we need resources. We need an institution. We need help. Um, and I looked at sort of the amalgamation of all the things folks were asking for. And this thing just clicked in me. And I said, oh, I could make that. And their response was like, oh, okay, Mr. Person I just met, whatever you're sure, go ahead. Good luck. And, uh, and I was like, no, 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 I could make that. And so I started, I found uh, a couple of folks to help volunteer with me to help build the, the organization, developed a couple of program lines, uh, raised almost no money. And went in the entire year of 2022, we worked on 24 different new musicals. Uh, we did a really awesome benefit concert hosted by Robin de Jesus. Yeah. We showcased 13 different songs by different writers and, and just started to create like the baseline for what the lab is now, uh, which is a real home for the development of shows. We provide all of our services for free to the writers. We are able to, because we just work with Latin musical theater writers, to have a really bespoke and nuanced relationship with each and every team. We're able to work with folks multiple times, either year after year or throughout the year on multiple projects. And and really the goal right now is to provide a really meaningful underbelly of support uh, for writers because a lot of folks are writing their first show. Yeah. You know, and, and think about why that might be. Well, it's because the people who were writing their first show 10 years ago did it once and realized it wasn't worth it. The barriers are too high. The walls are too high. It takes too long. It's kind of impossible to write a musical without real institutional support. And mm-hmm. th- there's never been institutions that have really supported Latin musical theater writers. Then of course, there's a reason why there's so few. And there's especially so few that actually write more than one or two shows. Yeah. And so a big part of our mission in this current day, right? And this is just a piece of the, of the, bigger, of the bigger mission of what we're going for is to really create like a home, a space, a place where people can trust that there will always be support for them, that they will always be able to find community and find resources. And once we do that, and I think we're in many ways doing that uh, currently, uh, with that, then we can build more opportunities. Then we can build bigger partnerships. Then we can support individual shows in more robust ways. But 
for, for me, the real goal is like, what is it to have home? What is it to have safety? What is it for the writers out there to believe that this, it's actually possible to have a career as a musical theater writer if you're La Latine, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that that is absolutely beautiful. I still remember the first time I, I like saw a post about something during the pandemic um, about the, the Latine and the lab. Uh, and I was just like taken back because I was, I was like, this is this is amazing. And this is the community of people that we need. Um, and this is the, like the first space in which it's only concentrated on Latin people working in this industry. So it's a beautiful mission. Thank you and all your team for your work. Um, I just cannot wait to see where it goes. Um, do you have one specific thing about being Latin that you love? Hmm. I think that there's this, and it's interesting, I'm, I'm dating someone new, and so he's learning this about me. Uh, there's this, I think, really deep thing that I, I experienced with my staff, I experienced in community. You know, there's a really, there's a big magic to any space where there's a lot of Latines gathered especially gathered for like a purpose, gathered to support a show, gathered to be in community. There's this electric energy. Um, and without being too general, I feel like for me, like one way my Latinidad really shows up is like this, this pull to the internal and this pull to the external that's really simultaneous. Like I have this very deep internal emotional life. I have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of emotions. They range from fury to joy to <laughs> sorrow. Um, and there's a lot in there that I think um, I see modeled in the people around me. I see modeled um, in my staff when we're working together. And there's such a desire to come together and celebrate. There's also space for people's humanness in what we do. And it's something I try to curate as a leader. Like, what is your humanness? What is your emotional life? How do we hold space for that? Not how do we shove it down? And I think all of that is balanced with the fact that like there is an outward expression of self right? We go into these spaces and people are hooting and hollering and people are connecting. And there's just such this forward momentum of having this deep internal life, but then wanting so badly to share it that I think is a big reason why I'm an actor. And now a big reason why I'm an advocate, because I have so much, I have so much in here that I want to get out there, right? I've got so much internal that I want to put out into the world Um, and, and being able to do it, not just for me, but on behalf of other people, like that is, that feels like the core of my Latinidad, because I guess it's three points, right? It's this deep internal life, this deep desire to share, and also this huge affinity for community. Yeah, absolutely. And that is amazing. Um, one of the last questions I want to ask you is through this healing journey with your Latinidad, do you have any specific Latin artist that has influenced you or that you just utterly admire and say, this is what I aspire to be. It can mm. be any any type of artist, visual artist, singer, composer, songwriter. You know, I think as an activist, like that's really, I'd say at the core of everything I do, like me as actor is activist. Me as producer is activist. Yeah. Me as arts leader is activist. Um, I want to change you know, the world. And uh, I have a lot of joy and respect for people who are both outspoken, but also of service at the same time. 
you know, these are easy, easy folks to call to, but, you know, someone like Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's done so much work and still is climbing his way up to the top and still climbing to create the world that, that he wants to see. Uh, you know, I've seen him do a lot of reaching back, even as he's building. Uh, I, I see someone like John Leguizamo, who's been in the industry for a long time and who is, you know, making a lot of choices to be very outspoken in ways that kind of someone like only someone like him really can be. Yeah. Um, I, I look at someone like Robin de Jesus, who, whose activism is really uh, flourishing as as he's still building his acting career. Someone like K.O., Karen Olivo, yeah. who has stepped away in a lot of ways from performing in order to teach the next generation at Northwestern and and who is allowing their activist spirit to to flourish. And I feel like, I guess what all of those people have in common is that they're they're like me, that the art and the activism don't have to be separate. You don't have to choose between your artistry, your being an actor, being a writer, uh, being you know the artist self and your activism. And I think that we would all benefit as as what's the word I'm looking for? Like we would all benefit not just like the Latin population, but like the world. Yeah. If all of us felt like we were really had permission to contain those multitudes, that um, like, uh, I'll give you an example. So I have a lot of conversations with people about like the dream, what the world could look like. Yeah. And I could hand you like 10 awesome ideas of stuff that I would love to create, but I'm one person with the same hours in a day as anybody else. What would it do if every single person just said, what, what's the impact I want to make on the world? How do I want to change the world? How can I spend an hour a week or two hours a week or 10 hours a week making that a reality? Where do I fit into that picture? Who can I work with? Who can I collaborate with? And I think if we as artists did that more, because it doesn't take away from our artistry. In fact, I found that it is only centered me and my work in huger ways. It's only made me more attracted to my own like artistic self now mm -hmm. that it's so much more selfless and it's so much more focused and targeted. So those the, the people I mentioned are the kind of people that I think are, are leading the way in a lot of ways and, and demonstrating that it can be both and that maybe it should be both and that activism is not a privilege. It's, it's a feature of what it is to be an artist. And how can we all create that space for that? How can we all as, as Latin folks start to create the kind of communities and the kind of initiatives that really change things? I love that. I absolutely love that. And you're right. Being a, a performer, being a, an artist is not much away from being an activist. It goes hand in hand. So I really love that. Thank you for that. Um, My last question before we go, what are your top five favorite musical theater shows? Huh. Oh, gosh, I'm going to get dragged for this. Um, so Light in the Piazza, A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. We'll throw both of those shows in there. So In the Heights and Hamilton. And then Wicked. All, all classics, all good shows. Yes, love that. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for being here. Having you has been amazing. Thank you for your work with the lab, um, for your craft, for your advocacy. Thank you so much because you are one of those people that are making change on the ground. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. I cannot wait 
to collaborate more, to work more together, um, and to see where you go. Thank you so much. Thank you, Martin. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.